Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, all right. If everybody else is doing it, I'm gonna do it too. So there you go. Superheroes are all the rage right now, and I can be bald man, and my power can be that I come to your house and I say, hey, don't worry about losing your hair, it's gonna be okay. Because I'm bald man, and I bring you the positivity when it comes to your hair falling out. I mean, who doesn't need that in their life? And of course, this all ties into last night's episode of Raw. Although, to be fair, this was one of the best shows we've had on Monday nights for ages. Which is a bit like saying being hugged is nicer than being kicked in the shit. But it's still true. So my name is Simon Miller, or bald man. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. Let's take the finger of power, the most powerful finger in the entire universe. Give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down when it comes to Monday Night Raw. This mask is poking me in the eye. The amount of stipulations hanging above the Raw ring was absolutely ludicrous because you had Two money in the bank, so we were going to have a bunch of qualifying matches. And you had the hell in the cell, but calm yourself down, we will talk about it. Because, of course, this is Raw. Somebody was going to have to come out and cut a long promo. And this week, it was Bobby Lashley, MVP, and their women. I feel bad saying that, but they actually change every single week. It's a little bit weird. Lashley did the traditional thing of saying, Last night, Drew McIntyre took me to my limit, but I still beat him. And, of course, per our stipulation, he can now never fight me for the WWE Championship again. And within seconds, we went, hey, guess who's going to be in a qualifying match later? Drew McIntyre. So if he did do that, and he did become Mr. Money in the Bank, there may be occasion where he goes to catch it in. The ref goes, I'm sorry, Mr. McIntyre. You're not allowed, because Bobby Lashley is the champ. And Drew's like, man, this sucks. And he walks back to the locker room. Lashley also said at one point that he and Drew literally went through hell. So who wants to go and tell him the mistake he's made there? Before, of course, they were interrupted by the New Day because, again, it's Monday Night Raw. They wanted to toast the champion, though, and they did this by having actual pieces of toast and just lobbing them at Bobby Lashley, who sold this like they were breathing on him. Now, I'm not going to lie, I really chuckled at this because the New Day are a couple of goofs. 
so am I. I think going to all the gubbins has gone down over the last few weeks, but this program is really good because MVP is like, oh, you're throwing toast. This is why you don't get any main event matches. Whereas Kofi is like, no, I throw toast because I'm having the time of the life. Also, I beat your guy over there. So why don't we have a WWE title match at Money in the Bank? And I was like, yes, damn right. Make it happen because we planted the seed for the story and now the flower is about to grow. Bob was so wound up here that he agreed to it, but that wasn't the spin here because he also went, you know what? I want to take out Xavier Woods as well, because otherwise I know Atman in the back. He's just going to saunter out there and cause a distraction, because Bobby Lafferty actually watches Raw. So why don't we do it tonight in the Hell in a Cell? Now, Xavier and Bobby both agreed to this because they are warriors. There's just one tiny, teeny little problem with this, and that's that over the last four days, when it's come to WWE programming, we have seen four Hell in a Cell matches. Now, I do kind of love it on the one hand, because wrestlers like Xavier Woods deserve to have their opportunity in the devil's favorite structure, or whatever the hell we're going to call it. But on the other, it's like eating a bunch of junk food. When you start eating that cheese, it's going to be delicious. But by course number 84, it will still be enjoyable, because it's cheese, and cheese absolutely rocks. But you're going to be a bit like... Can I have something else? I have eaten a lot of cheese. So we are starting to wear it out really quickly, which we shouldn't do because it's been a great gimmick and now it just needs to go away forever. And also, if you do believe the internet, WWE only did this to appease the USA Network because they were pissed off the Fox had a hell in a cell. It's just a bit like warring kids. It's like, well, he got a toy. Where's my toy? Well, you got your toy now, so shut up. However, forget all of that because this was a solid start. It built to a main event and it's given us plenty of time to go, oh my gosh, what we're going to do? So I had a walloping good time, whatever the hell that means. And I'm giving it up. A skip between AJ Styles, Omos and the Viking Raiders followed because AJ was like, look, we will have a tag team match with you eventually, but I have to go and qualify for Money in the Bank. And once I become Mr. Money in the Bank, then we can have our tag team match and we will kick your ass. Just to piss off Eric and Ivar, he then knocked the turkey leg out of their hands and they were like, we're the Viking Raiders and we're going to pillage you. And you shouldn't be doing that because I'm pretty sure it's illegal. But hey, look, this was fine. And at least we justified why that tag team championship match probably ain't going to happen for a few weeks. And I would have also bet a large portion of my cash that AJ was going to go through because he was taking on Ricochet in his qualifying match. But not only was this damn good, but my word, Rick won. And I was like, what the hell is going on? The joy of this too. I mean, the moves, the speed, the reversals, Ricochet's German suplex after AJ Styles had gone for a ballet kick. I would do that chef's kiss thing. But every time I see people do it, I just think it comes off as really annoying. AJ was in charge for a lot of this too, including applying the calf crasher and hitting a fireman carry slam. But you know the deal here. When you do tune into Monday Night Raw, you sit down and when a match begins, you set your watch and you go, I think there's probably going to be a distraction in around about seven to ten minutes. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Because for no apparent reason, the Viking Raiders came down. I guess they were still mad about this turkey leg and ensured that Omus went flying through the barricade. And because of this, AJ was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And he went for the phenomenal forearm. But Rick gave him the recall instead, which was tremendous. And then, yeah, Ricochet pinned the tag team champion and now is going into money in the bank. That gets me excited in my tum-tum. Still distraction counter, bring it down. It goes up to 71 because we're not allowed nice things. And I have a feeling it's not the last time we're going to see it on this week's show. I say that, I know for sure. I've already watched it and I've already written this script. We then had the worst graphic in WWE history because you saw Eva Marie and Piper Niven, although that's not her name, because she was referred to as 
her partner. I mean, that is literally what it said. Why don't we just take her and push her into the ground? But don't worry, because that's about to go even more nuts. And then we saw Randy Orton and Riddle having a conversation. Riddle was like, oh man, I'm going to go Mr. Money in the Bank. And I'm going to put a bunch of burgers in there because the Burger King dude scares the crap out of me. And look, if I was Mr. Money in the Bank and I could put burgers in there, I'd probably do it as well. Riddle was desperate for both he and Orton to make it into the Money in the Bank match. But as Randy Orton told him, you don't want that because it would go very badly for you. So they're still not 100% friends, but I like to think we're getting close. And it was then time for our Eva Marie interview. Okay. She acted like she had a cold last week, which is why she wasn't able to compete while doing the worst cough ever. She had to go, <laughs> you stupid moron, what are you doing? And just as Piper Niven was about to introduce herself, Eva stopped her and said, no, 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 let me welcome my brand new friend, partner, whatever the hell you want to call her. So there it is. And I do want to say I don't want to get ahead of myself, but no, it's not great. And it does not pass the WrestleMania test because in no reality can I hear an announcer going, and no women's champion, Doudrop. But hey, look, weirder things have happened. And I really don't think we need to get our knickers in a twist just because somebody is called Doudrop. Also, you are in control of your own voice box. So I'm not going to call her Doudrop and I'm going to call her The Drop. Because if it's good enough for Rocky Maivia, it's good enough here. Also, we did once have a dude called Paul Bearer, and that worked out just fine. So for now, I'm going to sit down and wait and see. What is absolutely getting a down, though, is what came next. Down. Because it was these two versus Oscar and Naomi, and the whole setup irked me because I am an absolute nerd. Because this was a Money in the Bank qualifying match. So I was like, hang on a sec. None of the men are in tag team belts. So why have we done it for the women? And also, it rarely went two minutes. We've also already started to tease that Eva Marie and The Drop are going to break up, so that's ridiculous. Because after Eva Marie had tried to steal a pin and then tried to tag The Drop back in, The Drop was like, no man, I'm not going to tag you. So Naomi used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and she got the one, two, three, meaning Naomi and Oscar are now going to money in the bank. Eva was obviously shocked after this and The Drop looked kind of proud of herself. But this is like Elias and Jackson Riker. You've got to give me more than seven days to allow me to invest into these two. But mostly, I was just annoyed about the protocol here. Put them in singles matches like you were doing for everybody else. I also really struggled with what followed because it was just so hard to justify in your head as ever it was like two plus two equals hedgehog. Because Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville were in the ring and they were very upset with what Rhea Ripley had done at Hell in a Cell. And do not forget, what Rhea Ripley had done at Hell in the Cell is use the top bit of an announce table as a sort of weapon, something that people have done since the dawn of time. Now, thankfully, Ripley came out and tried to make sense of this because she was like, what is the problem, mate? This isn't anything that Charlotte Flair wouldn't have done and no one's going to her and poking her with a stick, so why are you prodding me? The Queen was then out here and said that even though Rhea was smarter than she had thought, she still must destroy her. And just between you and me, this came across a little bit like something Skeletor would say. Because he's all like, oh, Prince Adam, you are not an idiot, but I still must eviscerate you. And in fact, when you actually give it some time and ponder it, a lot of WWE scripting is a bit like He-Man. From nowhere, though, as if she was getting bored, Sonya Deville just went, oh, Charlotte, this sounds like you want a rematch for the title. Well, I'll just give it to you at Hell in the Cell. And if it's that easy... I'll take a title shot. I mean, I have my ass kicked, but the experience would be good. It also made me feel really glad that I invested all this time into the storyline beforehand, but therein lies the problem. Two terrific professional wrestlers, but one pretty lame narrative. That's why it's getting the doubt. You should celebrate yourself every day. 
But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We then just had the most silly follow-up with everything between Mandy Rose, Dana Brick, Tamina, what there she's Mina, and Natalia. Because this week the tag team champions were doing an interview, and now they're mad because other people are wrestling on a wrestling show. Anyway, they had a big argument in the ring and it ended with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose giving them a double drop kick. So now you're meant to be like, oh man, they can wrestle. I don't know, I don't get it. And I also have no idea why Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are even getting a tag team title shot because Natalia beat Mandy Rose at Hell in the Cell. But again, sometimes just don't try and connect the dots because there ain't nothing to put together. We then had another Money in the Bank qualifying match and it was Randy Orton versus John Morrison. This was so fresh, I just wanted to rub myself in it. It's getting it up. I can't even think of an occasion when they have had a one-on-one match and I'm pretty sure they have. It's just not popping into my brain. Although I did have to ignore the fact that in the very early going, Randy Orton dropped John Morrison on the announce table, but it wasn't a disqualification. I looked at my fist and then realized, why would I punch myself? I didn't do anything wrong. Randy kept hunting down the Miz as well, which was quite funny because he's still in his wheelchair. But John Morrison then used that to take over and he was working on Randy Orton's arms. He's like giving him an arm bar. I was kind of hoping we could have just had a winner here, but it is Monday Night Raw, so I should have expected it. And at one point, the Miz had Johnny Drips, Drip, Drip Stick, whatever the hell we're calling it, and he sprayed it right into Randy Orton's face. Once again, this wasn't a DQ, but fair play to Miz, he had really good aim. This also brought out Riddle, who chased around the Miz on his wheelchair while he was on his scooter. But Randy Orton couldn't handle this. Randy Orton has been wrestling for 20 years. Do you know how much distractions distract him? It's like everybody else on the roster times 10. So all of that allowed John Morrison to hit Starship Paint and get the victory. And while a big percentage of me was very surprised, I was also just a little bit annoyed because we could have just done this and gone, oh my gosh, John Morrison beat Randy Orton. And he did, there's an asterisk. Also bring it down, rolls up to 72. So yeah, I don't know about you, but maybe this finish is a little bit overused. But as for the match itself, very, very good. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler were then saying that they are going to qualify for the Money in the Bank match and that they're not scared of Alexa Bliss. 
which to me is something somebody would say if they were really scared of Alexa Bliss. It was another one of these tag team matches just for the women, but hey, we've talked about that. But also, there's another big discussion point that we do need to focus on, because Raw was a night that debuted a lot of characters. For you see, as Nikki Cross was cutting a promo, she was wearing some kind of a mask. You're like, okay, well, maybe she's just having a little bit of fun. But when the camera panned out, it turned out that she is now a superhero. And if you're saying, wow, Simon, how did it happen? What's her origin story? My answer to you is, I don't know. But like I say, she's wearing a mask and she doesn't have a cape. A small part of me was like, why aren't you called Dewdrop? That would make a lot more sense. And look now, everybody's going crazy on the internet going, oh, I can't believe it, this is rubbish. Nikki Cross, a superhero, it's the end, it's death. Why don't we just wait and see how it pans out? Yes, once again, is this character going to main event WrestleMania? Probably not. But look at the hurricane, look at Mighty Molly. I'm sure there's other examples that we could look towards that I'm not thinking about. They were fun, they were entertaining, they were skits that I look forward to. So even if it gets Nikki Cross on my TV, and she has loads of fun with it, meaning I have loads of fun with it, that's okay. You are allowed a little bit of comedy relief here and there on your wrestling show. As for the match itself, though, that's where we should get doubly mad, because WWE is going to have to introduce some kind of no-hypnotizing rule. Because Alexa Bliss was just wandering around here going pow, 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 firing out her hypnotizing powers like it's Rambo, and he's got that giant gun. Cross and Bliss also had no issues tagging together, which once again was winding me up. Because you remember the whole story we did in 2020 where we flushed that man in the toilet? And also, we started to tease that maybe Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are going to break up, and the fact we've been teasing that for around about 72 years, we'll either do it or don't. This was a little bit stupid too, because Shayna Baszler almost connected with Nia Jax, but she didn't. And Nia was still like, you moron, what are you doing? It's like, she didn't hit you, Nia. There was literally no problem. Anywho, Alexa was then using her voodoo powers once again, and it distracted Reginald so much that it created a bigger distraction, allowing our new superhero, Nikki Cross, to use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and get the vote to the So that is the flipping third same finish on the show. And we bring down the board and it rolls up to 73. And we have to send a message out to the WWE to just say, stop using the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And look, I should be supporting this because you're proving that it is the most devastating move. But it just gets a little bit silly. Take all of this and put it in a nice pie. Get it down. Imagine this happened on any other TV show. You shoot into Love Cake. I don't know. I made it up. And there's five main characters. And by the end of one episode, every single one of those five characters has been cheating on. Whoever comes in at number five will be like, I don't care that your other partner's having an affair. I've already seen it four other times. Phil and Pierce then found Drew McIntyre and told him, Well, you don't have to compete tonight, Drew. And that was a bonkers thing to say because it was them who booked him in a match. Rightfully, Drew was mad because everyone was concerned about him and no one was concerned about Bobby before he quoted Winston Churchill. And I'm now convinced whoever is writing Drew McIntyre's stuff is because the internet and goes, what would a British person say? And then they just give it to him. Pretty sure he's got deeper character than that. And then from nowhere, Jinder Mahal was back on Raw. Where has he been? And also, while we're talking about The Vanishing... Where is Damien Priest? He must have fallen down a hole. Jeff Hardy, Cedric Alexander and Sheamus were also here. And they were arguing with Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville like they were kids too, going, we want to be in the money bank qualifying match. Why can't we be in it? And Sonya Deville went, shut up or I'll turn this car around and nobody's going to be in the money in the bank qualifying match. Although that's still going to happen because none of you guys are chosen. Sheamus soon backed off when Adam Pearce was like, oh, hey, Sheamus, does that mean you're ready to compete? 
And what I think is going to happen here is that Jinder Mahal is going to cost Drew McIntyre his spot and throughout the summer, we are going to do the feud between the former 3MB members. I won't lie, I will lie. It was then time for Drew McIntyre to take on Riddle to see who was going to be in that ladder match. And this was flipping tremendous. Once more, it's just a fight you don't often see. The WWE needs to do more of that. And Riddle was really smart here because Drew McIntyre's back looked like it was about to die. So he focused his entire attacks onto that. I mean, at one point, he just took his foot and booted him right in the back. And the wrestling tennis that happened here too. I mean, McIntyre hit the Alabama Slam. Then they were warring on the top rope and Drew wanted to hit the white noise, but instead he got powerbombed. Then he got back to his feet and hit a Mishinoku driver for two. You need to go watch this. Drew then went for a flying nothing, but got locked in a triangle instead. But then he got out of that and he missed the floating blow. But then he went for a claymore and Matt Riddle locked in the bro mission. I mean, come on, man. Talk about leveling up Raw. I was just going wild at this point because I have a massive problem. And then WWE had to go WWE. Like, imagine a world where Riddle had just hit Drew McIntyre, the former WWE champion with a bro Derek, and gotten the victory. It would have been a talking point for the ages. But of course, instead, he had a different move in his arsenal. Namely, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And honestly, Drew, if you are watching this, you need to get to training against that thing. That is two in two days. This did absolutely rock, though, and there was no stupid shenanigan distractions. Remember that down I gave earlier for roll-ups? Well, you can take this as more evidence as to why I gave it that. However, Riddle is in Money in the Bank. Drew McIntyre, he now kind of a little bit screwed. Orm was on the top of the ramp afterwards and Riddle wanted to give him a fist bump, but Randy said no. So you gotta figure soon, Randy Orton is gonna kill him. The following then happened on Raw, and this is exactly how it went down. I am not going to embellish this. Because we saw Jackson Riker whipping himself with a strap when Mansoor decided, well, this would be a good time to ask him for advice, which he did, and Jackson told him, Never let your enemies get away. We then learned that Riker has a strap match against Elias next week, as if that's some kind of justification, when Ali went and magically appeared behind Mansoor and said, why are you asking this guy for advice when you should be asking why neither you or I were put in money in the bank? He then made some metaphor about building your own ladder to get to the top if nobody else is going to help you. And in the corner, Jackson Riker was still whipping himself. And this could have been the strangest segment on Raw in 2021. No, Just to really rub in that idea that wins and losses don't matter either, we then got told that next week it's going to be AJ Styles versus Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre in a second shot to get in the money in the bank. But look, this is easily understood. That is a massive, massive match, and it makes me want to watch Raw in seven days' time, but you can't get mad about it. But again, I tell you, someone's going to cause the distraction and cost Drew and his name is Jinder Mahal. We then indeed have our first Hell in the Cell match on Raw since August 1998. And again, we are running it into a ground, but I was so pleased to see Xavier Woods in there taking on Bobby Lashley, and I thought it was pretty damn good. I mean, it kind of was just a destruction for Bobby Lashley, but I was having a good time. And he hit around about 700,922 fatliners at the very start of this, but then Xavier Woods had a chair and he was gonna hit the champion because Bobby Lashley is allowed to be booked like a beast, he took his fist and punched it right in Xavier's face. Somehow Xavier rallied from that though and drop kicked Bob into the side of the steel and was then laying waste to him with a chair. And I would love to tell you what happened next. We went to a commercial, we came back and all of a sudden Bobby was back in charge. 
You tell me. We did get this awesome spot, though, where Bobby Lashley was laying on a table and Xavier Woods hit this tremendous springboard diving elbow for a close near two. But also, this was ultimately his undoing. Because Bobby then took his head, smashed it into a chair, hit the spear, and applied the hurt lock. And look, as much as I appreciate and love Xavier Woods, there was no way he was getting out of that. He had to tap out, and we were done. The best part, however, was the fallout. Because MVP then ran in the cage and relocked the door, allowing Bobby Lashley to absolutely brutalize Xavier, while Kofi on the outside of the cage had to watch his friend, that ties into the storyline, being murdered, and there was nothing he could do about it. He was getting madder, he was getting madder, he was getting madder. This is how you build a feud. In fact, it was so well done, I felt myself going, man, I hope Kofi Kingston wins at Money in the Bank, even though that's never going to happen. And if you wanted to compare it to like a filler thing to do, like Rey Mysterio, Roman Reigns, well, I wouldn't argue for you. But the next few weeks, I am very intrigued to see how this goes. Which brings us to the end of Raw. And for the first time in what feels like months, I'm so happy to take my finger of power. That sounds weird. And give it an up. We had fresh matches. We're putting some money in the bank. It's almost like WWE's going, oh, yeah, we're going to have fans in here soon. We better do something different. But let's not worry about it and just say thank Flubbins for that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 